What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast Live, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kev, Josh, and Justin. Justin, haven't talked to you in a while, man. Welcome to the uh, live party. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. How's how's it going, man? What you been up to this winter? Oh, you know, just watching a lot of soccer, trying to maintain sanity in the midst of COVID and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I feel you. How's the uh, <laughs> how's the how's the young one? The young one is great. She is just wonderful and has been a great addition to the household. She's getting her fix of soccer. You know, we've been turning on uh, EPL at like seven, six, you know, six thirty, seven o'clock whenever she wakes up on Saturday and Sunday mornings, and then watch until you know three, four in the afternoon. So, I think she'll be a soccer fan. I'm just picturing her in like one of those bouncy chairs, like eyes just glued open and just like yep. soccer. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's awesome josh i like the uh the hounds cometh t-shirt well done yeah yeah i uh literally just changed because i was not wearing a hound shirt <laughs> yeah i, I, I have to think about this stuff we have to actually like oh yeah we're gonna be on camera so i know i i didn't realize i had this many scarves when i dragged them out but now i feel like i need to get like a like a um like a shower curtain rod and do like a like a tifo or something like every time just do something different so we'll see i don't know if i'm up for like painting a new tifo each week but uh but yeah if you are we could use your help in the steel army (laughs) a lot of work kev how's it uh how's it going down in tennessee good um just got my first shot so oh uh, look at you yep nice yeah thank you u.s government employee status <laughs> um yeah the the lab's got a bunch of uh shots and so i was fortunate to to be working at the lab nice yeah well we have uh we have a lot to talk about tonight um we were trying to figure out you know what would be a good show we're, we're getting ready to head into the preseason here for the hounds and we said what better way to do it than to sort of talk about just the optimistic side of things. I think we spent a lot of time the past few weeks talk about or talking about, you know, what are we worried about? Uh, you know, some of these guys are coming in, uh, are they the right guys? But I think there's a lot to be excited about for this season. So that's going to be what we're going to talk about here. For anybody that's joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, feel free to share what you are most excited about heading into the season. Uh, if we like it, we might throw it up on the screen or talk about it. But uh, we got 12 points that we're going to talk about. Real quick before we get into that, we still don't have a schedule. USL League One and League Two both announced their schedules today. Still nothing for the championship. And you know it's bad when the players are liking your tweet asking where the schedule is. So either they have it or they don't or they empathize with us. Who knows? Um, So that was the first bit of news. Second bit of news, uh, it was just announced that Skylar Thomas signed for Memphis. So, um, you know, obviously, best of luck, Skylar. Uh, We enjoyed watching him this past season. Glad we're not going to be facing them in our division. Um, but uh, that leads us into, although we don't have a schedule, we have uh, some news about the playoff structure and how things are going to work. So obviously it's a bit early to be talking about playoffs, but the way it's going to work is that we have eight teams in our division, which is the Atlantic division. Top four teams make it. And so the way it'll work is that the playoffs, the first, it sounds like the first round is going to be sort of regionalized. So we'll play against other teams within our division, single elimination. Um, so guys, I want to get your thoughts. Top four, make it. We have eight in our division. Who, who do you think are going to be the top four? I know it's early. I know we haven't, you know, really seen anybody play anything, but who are your top four? And for a refresher, for everybody out there listening, our division consists, consists of Charleston battery, 
Charlotte Independence, Hartford Athletic, Loudoun United, the Miami FC. That's going to get old so fast. New York Red Bulls 2, Riverhounds, and the Tampa Bay Rowdies. So, Justin, you tell me. Who's your who's your top four? First of all, I loved how you started this show of we're going to be super positive tonight, but we still don't have a schedule. That, on, I feel man. like that should have been an afterthought at the end of the show. Of like, hey, we still don't have a schedule, but started the show that way. Uh, top four. Um, uh, I think uh, Tampa, uh, Pittsburgh, the Miami FC, and Charleston. Charleston. Okay. I like I like the Charleston pick. Josh, do you have any teams that differ from that top four? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking Red Bulls make it in. Miami do not. Ooh. Okay, going for the two team. Kev, who are your top four? I, I don't know anything about Miami. So like I can't make a call. I don't I don't know anything about anyone, let's be honest. Um <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, yeah, like Charlotte and Charleston are, you know, I, I they're historic clubs with a lot of weight behind them. Tampa's always good. So, no, I mean, I, let's put it this way. I'd be surprised if if Loudon make it in. I mean, Hartford's hard to tell, especially because, you know, we took their top goal scorer, presumably. Um, and Red Bulls are always kind of a crapshoot. So, I, yeah, I would say those are the teams I would expect down kind of at the bottom of the division. But um, who ends up finishing out of the top, I think, yeah, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, I think I'm with you guys. I, I really like the uh, the battery shout. I think they're always going to be there. I think Tampa, you've I, I was on uh, Harry's podcast uh, this past week and we were talking a little bit about what we think the East is going to shake out and look like. And it feels like the Rowdies, based on what they did last year, you got to consider them one of the top teams, if not the top team in our division. And then, you know, you can't count out Lily. So I, we're going to get into, you know, what it is that we're excited about. Um I think Riverhounds are up there in the top two, top three. And then, yeah, I'll say Charleston and maybe Hartford. I, I think we'll, I'm, I'm going to say Hartford as well. It feels like Hartford has spent a little bit of cash, but Kev, you're right. We did take their top goal scorer, so we'll see. Um, so that's what we think. Let us know what you think about your top four, guys. Now let's get into the meat of – I know I teased it and then said, we're going to talk about all this other stuff. Um, I tasked you guys each with coming up with three things – that you're really optimistic about uh, heading in the 2021 season. And we shared them with each other so that we each couldn't pick the same three things. So, uh, Kev, I think you were the first one to get yours into the agenda. No, you're shaking your head. That's all right. I already oh, called gosh. on you. That's so, fine. I'll talk about it. Yeah. No, no, no. You just pick one <laughs> of yours. We'll sort of, we'll go like around and we'll, we'll end up with 12 things um, that, uh, that we ultimately think we're optimistic about heading into the season. So, Kev, what's your, what's your top one? I mean, the top one is, you know, we're, this is Lily's fourth season. Um, and ever since he's been here, his record has been third, first, third. Um, so I know, you know, we talk a lot about on the podcast and, and in this community about, you know, the high turnover rate for player contracts and a lot of, you know, big players going out and, you know, players coming in for, for every team. The one consistent for a lot of these clubs is managers and, and, you know, Lily going into his fourth year and with the track record he's had this far at the club, I think that's that's our biggest strength um, going into going into this season. Um, he's a proven manager. You know, he's more comfortable in the club. He's more comfortable in the city. And, yeah, third, first, third. And, we're you know, well, 
no, I'll stop there. I was about to say my second point, but that that's the biggest thing I'm hopeful for. Okay. So Lily and Josh, correct me if I'm wrong. Do we still have a bunch of those welcome to Lily's league stickers that we meant to give out last year? And we just, because of COVID didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I still have a whole box full of those stickers. So I can't wait to uh, give those out. Uh, I think we're going to give them out uh, for the live show. I believe the, the post show. I think that was the original idea. I don't know. This was like a year ago that we came up with the ideas. For <laughs> I still have a bag full of curse uh, buttons as well. So, I forgot you know, about the cur buttons. Yeah. yeah cur buttons. I think we have actually hounds come with uh, stickers from the steel army. We still have those. So like we had bought a lot of cool stuff uh, before for the uh, last season. But yeah. So the lesson is for the first game, find Josh and get free stuff <laughs> essentially. Cause he's going to be trying to offload it. He'll be basically wearing it all. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Josh, give us uh, give us one of your top three. Uh, it kind of goes into what you just said. Uh, I'm looking forward to just like a normal game, like a normal game time experience of the tailgate, be able to have people cooking burgers, hanging out. Now, we, we already know that the beginning of the season is not going to be that. Um, Hound sent out a uh, survey type thing today uh, on Monday talking about how what they're going to do and that kind of stuff. And it sounds like it's going to be still masks still going to be pods of people like i think the biggest you can have is 10 people so it's not going to be a regular game day experience and probably not a tailgate um but i'm hopeful optimistic that by the end of the season we're going to have a regular tailgate and that's going to be so much fun probably dangerous but also so much fun (laughs) (laughs) i can't disagree with that justin give me uh give me one of your top three I'll, I'll stay along those lines, too. Uh, I'm excited for stadium food. I just kind of forgot what stadium food tastes like. I and saw I'll, this, and I was like, absolutely. I wasn't yeah. even thinking it, but I'll, like, yeah. I'll take it and grab it. You know, I think they announced today about the, the grab-and-go thing. You know, I'll, t- I'll take my chicken fingers in a grab-and-go container. Like, I don't, I don't care. Just give me some chicken fingers and fries, and I'll be good. Or give me some tacos before the game or, or whatever. Like, I'll take them however they're going to give them out, but. I'm excited for stadium food. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good shout. Um, One of my top three was just a air quotes normal season in that, you know, last season, what we started and most teams played one game. I don't even think the hounds played one game and then we were off for like three months and then we came back and we were taking bets on, you know, how long before we get shut down again. And then we didn't have a final because of COVID. So like, just the prospect of knowing, okay, we're we're mostly on the other side of this. Um, you know, there's a shot that that a lot of pe- everybody that wants to be vaccinated could be vaccinated by midsummer. Um, so really, we're sort of on the tail end, and and once we get started, there's very slim chances that we're going to stop. And so I think just getting back to that, which is a weird thing to say, because you know, two years ago, if we were like, oh yeah, normal season is a reason to be excited, like. It's stupid, but, um, but no, I think just getting back to that sense of, okay, every week we're going to have a game. We're gonna have something to talk about, something to cheer about, not like, you know, what random movie are we going to be trying to pick this week and hope that it's not crap and tweet about it. Um, so you guys want to watch ladybugs? We got nothing else to do. I don't know. What do you guys want to (laughs) do? So many of the movies we thought were good. And then we got halfway through and you're like, what is wrong with this? (laughs) oh man yeah so i think just a normal season um kev i think it goes back to you give us your give us your second thing that you're most optimistic about 
Yeah, this was the first thing I wrote down. I think it was. Um, the, it, it's the division we're in. Uh, I, I think we could have gotten a more difficult division. I won't say the central division is like heavily more difficult, but I, I think it's one of those things where central division probably has, um, they're a bit more top heavy and then the quality kind of drops off. Whereas I think we're a bit kind of broader, you know, cast a wider net with a fairly even level. I, you know, there are outliers of course, but that's my reading of our division versus the central division. I mean, you look at the central division and Memphis and OKC and Atlanta um, all did not have good seasons last season. Um, even Tulsa, who finished second in their division last year, did so by drawing more games than they won. Um, I don't remember any of this. I looked this up right before. This isn't like great memory. Um, <laughs> uh, but so I think in that case, you know, you, you have us and arguably Tampa and then it kind of evens out, especially with Hartford. I mean, I, I, this is my second kind of doing Hartford a disservice in this podcast, but I, I think I'm doing it rightfully. So with the fact that, you know, their, their, their transition over, over this off season, us gaining one of their better players. And I don't know, I, I still, f- based on how the, how the season played out last season, it, it, I think we were still a better team than, than Hartford. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I think uh, the division we're in, I think, gives us not only a good chance at finishing top of it, but I think like every game is going to be really competitive and exciting. There's going to be a few. There's going to be few games where it's just throwaway games. I mean, maybe Loudon, but um, but yeah, it, it, I'm I'm excited about our division. Yeah, Yost made the point. Uh, he's watching on YouTube that there's a good chance that the team that could be in third best in the Central Division will finish fifth in the Atlantic. So, Kev, that's to your point of. Central is a little bit top heavy. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it, it could be interesting. I mean, there could be an argument made that if we were in the Central, then would you feel any more confident about the team making the playoffs if we were in the Central or Atlantic? Or do you think that based on the teams in the East, we would make the playoffs regardless? Josh, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I mean, it's the top four teams in eight team division. Like, is that what I'm looking at here? Yeah. So, like, it's not going to be hard to make the playoffs. Now that I just meant in general, no jinxing, no jinx sounds here, but it, 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 I don't know. I, I get what they're doing, but I still think like top two teams feels more like this is a hard thing to do. This is a big achievement, but when it's half the teams in the division get into the playoffs, it's like, yeah, whatever. Okay. Like it, it seems like a soft, like, you know, bar as far as to jump over. Yeah. I would agree with you on that one, Josh. Like, I think like, when you, I mean, when you think about our season last season, what, I mean, we had four teams in our division, you had to finish top two and like we had what you play in uh, Hartford four times, three, four times, something like that. And so like you, every one of those games can and, and was like this six point swing, you right. And like ultimately that last game against Hartford hurt us in that six game swing kind of dynamic that was there and so I think like there is a reality of having more teams in our division. That's less games against each opponent. So there's less of a chance of these big like movement type games where, you know, people are, you know, teams are moving from third to first or, or you know, doing those sorts of things because there's more common opponents and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That'll be very interesting to see, you know, watch Louisville and Indy and see if they sort of run away with Central um, and how far ahead they push. 
um, just another thing to watch out for. Josh, give us uh, give us another thing you're optimistic about. Um, so a stronger start to the season. We, uh, we talk about Lily teams having a slower start. Uh, I don't know if it's a myth or if it's real, but it, like saying that Lily teams seem to take a little bit of time to get going. This preseason is going to be a longer preseason. Well, it has been. It's a longer time uh, in between the seasons. We're going to be playing harder opponents in the preseason. It's it's. I feel like this is a season built for us to kind of get it all tinkered out and figured out at the beginning stage before the season even starts, and then we can hit it running. And with the way that the format is for the season, it's going to be interesting because we're going to be playing so many people so many times where I feel like for a tactical coach like Lily that this is going to be the season for him to actually like, you know, know exactly what he's going up against, knowing how to strategize for this early on from the beginning and just hit it running. So that's why I'm, I'm excited to see this team come out of the gates full blast. Now, maybe it's too hopeful. Maybe I'm being a little too optimistic here, but I feel like this is a perfect setup for him. Are you going to be at all? I don't want to say I'm trying to think of what is the optimistic pessimistic, but uh, I was going to say non-optimistic just to stay optimistic. Uh, if, you know, say we come out and we draw the first three games, or are you still on the like, we'll be fine train? And, uh, draw or lose? Like lose, I, I'm probably like, I, it's not going to take much for me to completely be like, you know, the ship's on fire. We're all going to die. Like, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't like, I have a lot of highs and a lot of lows. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But I, I'm hopeful. This is the hopeful podcast. Yes. I'm hopeful at the beginning of the season is going to be good. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, it will be very interesting to see once this once the schedule comes out. Um, but again, you know, we just sort of said that aside from uh, Tampa, it feels like you know we feel pretty confident in our chances of of finishing higher than uh, than where we did last year potentially. So we'll see. Justin, give me something else, man. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot is is two guys specifically in in Danny Rivera and Anthony Velarde. I think this is their season to establish themselves as sort of bona fide starters in this league. I'm not even going to say on this team because I think you know we we know how the the roster works, and and both those guys could be playing somewhere else next season. This is not a guarantee that they're going to be bona fide starters for for the Riverhounds, but I think. If they can establish themselves this season, given uh, opportunities, and I think you know Velarde, um, you know year one kind of comes in and 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 kind of plays early on and and does pretty well, and then um, you know gets injured, and then Mertz comes in and kind of lights the world up, and 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 then last year he got a little bit more of a chance again with Forbes kind of being out, and I think so. This is kind of his chance to kind of establish himself in that midfield and establish himself as a starter and. And then I think Rivera, sort of the same thing, but like he, you know, he's been behind others in the depth chart. Um, and I think this, he has a chance to be a starting, a starting you know, wing back for this team. And I think if he can kind of make that, like if, whether they're here or not in 2022, um, this is kind of their season to say, yeah, we're here to play in the USL and we can play in the USL. So I'm, I'm hopeful um, that both of them are going to be able to kind of step up to the plate and, um, kind of play next man up in, in these roles. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see what they'll be able to do this season. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I'm, I'm really excited. I mean, I think 
not that we've seen what Velarde is, but I'm, I'm almost out of the two. I'm excited for both. I'm more excited, I think, for Rivera. And we talked about this a little bit in the offseason, I think, because of his utility. And we've seen a little bit how Lily could shift him around. And, you know, could he develop into a Ryan James-like player? Um, I think that's something that will definitely be interesting to watch and uh, could be cool. Uh, for this season um before we get to my next one uh just a reminder if you guys out there have anything that you're hopeful for let us know uh, you can type it into the comments on either youtube facebook twitter um this isn't so much a hopeful thing but uh burger brand said i like how our preseason we're playing mls and usl teams instead of college teams again university is a good for a start but i'm excited about the louisville city and mls games it'll definitely help us um thank you there uh burger brand um yeah, can't disagree with that at all. We talked about that a little bit last week. Uh, the shift from playing, you know, I, I won't even say not even good college teams. Like we had a few good college teams, but there were some that was like, who? Like, why are we playing them? So to shift to actually playing Louisville, Cincy, um, and uh, and really trying to sort of test our legs a little bit, I think is really encouraging. I think somebody last week mentioned that the Division One schedule being pushed back a little bit is sort of helping us in that favor. So it'll be interesting to see if that's something that continues moving forward. But uh, but definitely a good point. So thank you for that, Burger Brand. If anybody else has any other comments or things that they're uh, hopeful for, let us know. Um, you know, Justin, sort of taking off of your your point a little bit, my next point is. I have the evolution of Danny Griffin. I think, you know, last year Danny stepped onto the field. We really didn't know who he was. It's funny because every preseason, it feels like we sit down and we're like, okay, these are your guaranteed 11. And then you always go to the first game and you're like, huh, really? Like that guy? And I feel like Danny Griffin was one of those guys that nobody really took seriously. It was just like one of those signings, some college kid. And it's like, okay, he's going to be a depth player maybe. And he sort of stepped up. He made some of the best attacking attacking passes that we've seen in this team for a while um you know lily said so as much and uh so i think this being his second season him having a full season under his belt i think we saw mertz take sort of a really big leap from his first season to his second season and especially with mertz not here i think the door is open for danny to sort of grab those reins and run with it and you know we we have signed a couple of other players that um, there was some talk about creativity and potentially being that number 10, but, you know, I, just like we counted him out at the beginning of last season, I would not count Danny Griffin out from being sort of that attacking presence in the mid that can sort of push forward. So I'm hopeful and optimistic to sort of see him continue to grow as a player. Um, and the hope is that, you know, Justin, you mentioned that sort of the way the Hounds do things with, Danny Rivera and Velarde, this being their third season, most players last like three seasons and then they're on to other things. With this being Griffin's only second season, then we've got a chance to potentially see what that third season could be and beyond. So I'm hopeful for another really good season and optimistic. I think the Hounds will do well if Danny continues to develop and grow. And I, it, it's not going to leave us saying like Mertz who, but like he has the potential to step into the lotion no too far no, i just see a lot of head far. shakes okay all right. how dare uh, you sir how dare you okay <laughs> I, i'm like i said we're not I'm gonna be i don't know you know griffin could pop we'll see yeah we'll see we'll see kev <laughs> give us uh give us your last reason to be optimistic um it's fa fans in the stadium i mean I, I, every club and every fan and every you know equivalent podcast for every club will, can make this argument that you know, you know, oh, now that with 
with fans being back in the stadium, we'll be better. We'll be better at home. Um, and I, and I understand it's, um, a bit naive to say like, no, we're different. Like, you know, our fans are better and blah, blah, blah. But, um, it's, I I don't know. I I don't think it's a coincidence that in 2019, you know, we go undefeated when our, we have the highest average attendance we've had, I think in club history. Um, if not in the past, you know, five or six years. Um, so I think the fact that fans are going to be back in the stadium, albeit not at full capacity, maybe at some point at full capacity, um, you know, I, I, I think that'll be a really big boost um, for our club, for our players, and and for our home record in particular. Kev, I keep asking you, and I know you have no, like, inside knowledge, but what are your thoughts? I mean, <laughs> obviously, we... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, the way we're going... You just got your first shot. I did. Josh, you got your first shot. Yep. Are we thinking that by July, maybe might be in a position to open up the whole capacity, maybe. I'll, I'll <laughs> just tweet out CDC website. It's all just go to there, just <laughs> and then you will have an answer. No, I don't like. Yeah, we. That's that's my answer. Maybe sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Matt Needham just said, uh, "Hopefully, I'll be able to attend." Question mark. Yeah, I think I think we're all in that same boat with you, Matt. So. Um, yeah, no, I I agree. I can't. I mean, I can't. Fans in the stands, of course. Who's going to disagree with that? So that will definitely be something to look forward to. Uh, Josh, I think you're up. What's your uh, what's your last reason to be optimistic or hopeful? Um, I I think it's going to be really cool to watch the team chemistry with a couple of veteran players. Because um, you know we talked about last year losing Kerr and like kind of like who's the veteran players there, and we really only had Forbes as far as like a really someone who's been at this for a while. <laughs> um, but this year we're going to have Forbes. Uh, he's still the most veteran of the players, I would say. Uh, but we also have Dixon and we also have Josh Gatt. Um, Josh Gatt's a little bit younger than both of them, uh, but not by much, really. I mean, I think Josh Gatt was born in like 91. And I think Forbes is 88, uh, born in 88. So, you know, they're they're all, they've been around and, the experience as far as what Gat's gone through with uh, injuries and also playing for like national team and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's one of the situations where we do have players with pretty good experience at this point. And just, I feel like that's going to do a lot for the rest of the players. And it'll be interesting to see. And it's possibility of actually having people in the stands with them. So like, they're going to, it's going to feel more like a regular season. I feel like it's gonna They're going to be able to contribute a lot there. So I'm excited for that dynamic and seeing how that develops i'm hoping for building on what we had last year as far as a cohesive locker room it felt like uh the team was gelling really well so i'm I'm kind of want to see that roll into this year i think it'll be interesting to see um and and hopefully we're going to try to get to talk to some of the players and coaches over the next few weeks as the preseason uh, progresses we're trying to line up some stuff with the hounds now but players like kenny forbes danny rivera um, Jordan Dover, who had been there when they were fans, and now knowing the fans are coming back, you know, they all kept saying, you know, they're missing the fans. That first game out, uh, just to sort of see their reaction, how much they're pumping up the rest of the team, it's it's definitely gonna be fun to watch. So um, yeah, I agree. I, I can't, I mean, um veteran leadership is great. I think what's what is gonna be interesting, like you said though, is that it's I think a lot of it is going to be new veteran leadership, aside from Kenny. So seeing what that looks like, um, you know, some of the guys coming from St. Louis, 
um, veteran players who have been around the league uh, and, and who know what they're doing. But yeah, does that change the locker room at all? Um, or how does that change the locker room? Um, Dixon and Forbes played together at Rhinos, right? Like I know they both are former Rhinos. I just couldn't remember where they played as far as what years. But I'm pretty sure they played together. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, should be good. Uh, Justin, give me your, uh, give me your last one. Yeah. This isn't as much about, uh, Pittsburgh as it is kind of just USL at large and, and just something that I've been thinking about over the past and, and watching, like kind of trying to keep an eye on and, and different things like that. I think, um, it's interesting to see like the teams coming in the league. So, um, just kind of looking at who came in over the last couple of years. So, Three years ago, 2019, uh, we had Austin, El Paso, Memphis, Birmingham, Hartford, and New Mexico all come in in the same year. Um, and I think it's interesting kind of looking at that list to see kind of where those where those teams are. You know, I think when you, when you start to look at Austin, El Paso is kind of like putting some seasons together. You know, they, they sort of put some seasons together. Memphis isn't putting seasons together yet. Um, Birmingham kind of started and it looks like they're trying this year to put a season together with, with the players they've acquired Hartford. Um, it was an interesting story last year. We'll see what kind of happens this year. I don't know that we've seen like a huge jump in like player acquisitions and stuff like that. And then obviously New Mexico has been good in the Western conference for, um, you know, for, for the last couple of years and, and probably continues to be good. And they've got a lot of fan support and all of that. But I do think it's interesting, like last year, so we had two teams enter the league last year, San Diego and Miami. Uh, San Diego's an interesting one. They seem to, like, again, starting to put a team together. Miami obviously didn't last year, but I want to talk about them in a second. And then I think there's one team coming in this year in in Oakland. Oakland's coming into the Western Conference. And I think what's interesting to me kind of about this whole discussion is, like, Miami obviously didn't put a season together last year. They're, They're coming over from a different league. They seem to just kind of stick with the roster they had. They kind of added a few players and everybody said they were going to be good and then they just weren't. Um, but it seems like they're going for it this year. You know, they they went out and got Paco Craig um, from Louisville. They went out and got Speedy Williams from Louisville. They went out and got Christiana Francois. Um, you know, they're bringing guys in who are experienced in this league, who, who know how to play. Um, who have, you know, Bolo Akinyode, um, who was uh, at Birmingham last year, is another name of, of players that just, they know how to play in this league. They know what the USL is. They know how to how to go about it. And so I, I think they're going to be a really interesting team to kind of see what they do this year. You know, I think they, they, it seemed like they just weren't prepared for USL competition last year. I think they know now. And I think so the so the interesting part of it is looking at Oakland and like what has Oakland learned uh, when they look at that list of teams from 2019, they look at the two teams from last year, what have they learned as they've started to put together this roster for this year? And I think you've got to come in in a very different place than what, you know, USL 1.0 in, you know, Charleston and Pittsburgh and some of these other teams you've got to come in at a very different place than what Pittsburgh was able to come in. Pittsburgh was able to come in, you know, on the ground floor, you know, teams that came in five, six years ago, they were able to come in at a little lower of a, a competitive environment and, and teams that are coming in now, they have to come in ready to play. And so I'm just interested to see, you know, excited to see what Oakland is going to bring to the league, but then how 
um, do some of these teams like San Diego and Miami, who now it's year two. Like, what are they doing different this year than what they did last year? Um, and all of that. So I think it's just going to be interesting to see how those teams kind of respond over the next couple of years, how Memphis continues to respond as they've struggled in the league, how Birmingham continues to respond as they've kind of added players um, this year and, and really tried to make a go for it. So those are the teams that I'm kind of just just watching, um, kind of keeping a, a secondary eye on um, and seeing what they're going to bring in these as they move forward in, in USL. Yeah, I'm always interested in the teams out West, um, you know, in the hopes that we might play them. Uh, you know, there's a chance that at least a couple of our games this season could be played against teams out West. Uh, a couple of our games will be played outside of our division, whether or not that's in the East or out West. It's yet to be seen because we don't have a schedule yet. Um, Justin, obviously, I feel like you do far more homework than any of us do. So I'm going to ask you this. You talked about how Miami signed a bunch of players. Um, I think we were all sort of aware of that. But in your estimation, do you see them being – like one of the things I'm going to miss about not having Indy in our division is not having a team to hate. Um, do you think that Miami has the right pieces to be legit or are they on that like potentially dumpster fire territory that Indy always was when they just brought in a bunch of players and hope that it works? No, I, I think, I think Indy seemed to bring in, uh, pieces that like, we're all good kind of individually, but like when you try to put them together as a team, like didn't, didn't really succeed. I think Paco Craig is an unbelievable you know, unbelievable veteran in in this league. Speedy Williams obviously did incredible things um, with Louisville and kind of anchored that midfield. Um, and, and so, and then Christian Francois is is what he is. You know, and I think um, Bolo Akinyode is an incredible assist type of guy. You know, he and he and uh, uh, Leba Maloto were were killing it. You know, over over different times and. Um, those are two guys that you kind of look at and go, those are those are assist kind of guys. And so I think when you look at those guys, I think – and the other thing about Akinyode, Akinyode was actually – he's a Philadelphia Union 2, um, Bethlehem Steel, you know, and they're incredible at developing players in Philly. So I just think he's another guy that, that could continue to develop. And so I think those are just guys that are exciting and fun to watch and um, – you know, they seem to be team type guys. They don't seem to be like show off type guys, you know. So I do think that they might be able to put together a different team. So I, I don't know that I'm going to say like Miami is the best team in the league and, and are going to be able to compete with like Pittsburgh and, and Tampa as far as teams that have got it done over the past couple of years. Um, but they could be a surprise like Hartford was last year, just kind of put together a team that um, you know, definitely competes and definitely hangs around. And, and there could come down to those last couple games of the season. And what we do in those last couple of games could matter a lot for our playoff seeding and that sort of thing. So um, I don't I don't think they're in dumpster fire territory yet. I think, um, you know, if they don't have the right pieces, it's going to be the guys they didn't add rather than the guys they did. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, trash. <laughs> <laughs> Not hot trash, just trash. Just no. trash. It's yeah. fine. You can disagree with me. It's it's cool. <laughs> no, I mean, look, some of those I completely forgot that they signed Francois for a second, and you know, it, it, just having the thoughts of Francois and Speedy like coming at you from from two different sides, like you got to prepare for that, man. So I might get daggers here, but like, let's not like Francois didn't have numbers. Like Francois was good. Like he was fast, but like he didn't he didn't score, and he didn't have a lot of assists either. Francois, like, Francois scored some on a bad team last year, so. 
I think put on a good team with some guys who know how to give assists, like he'll he'll be okay. That that could be the tipping point, yeah. When you surround him with better players, because I don't think he particularly had the structure around him here at Pittsburgh either for him to thrive. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like you know, Pasher a few years ago, we had him playing uh, what left back, um, and like you know, he goes into Indy and lights the world on fire as a striker, and now he's playing in MLS. So let's not blame Lily for that one, though. Well, it's, it's that's really. not that's not Lily's fault. Uh, you Is know? that pre Lily? Yes. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty Lily. Um, it, was, it was Brant, I think. I think it was Brant. Yeah. Yeah. Talk that's cheap. Talk- <laughs> All right. Um, so my last point, and then and then I want to just do a quick breakdown on the full team and sort of get your guys' thoughts on sort of, you know, what, what areas of the field you're optimistic about. Uh, and then we'll sort of wrap this thing up. My thing is, is that we have a new look attack that we're going to have to figure out. You know, it seemed like last season, so much of our attack was, okay, we're going to play balls up to Duba and Duba's going to hold up play just enough for players to get into the attack or Duba's going to get fouled, which happened more often than not. And then our attack started from set pieces further up the field, which great. Duba's not here anymore. Duba's at Tampa. So how does the team respond to that? And I think that we saw... Shades of that last year when Duba was out, um, you know, we we had a couple of games where we had sort of that revolving midfield where you had Mertz and Griffin and Velarde that were just pushing up into the attack and rotating around, and it felt very fluid. Um, it was something that I think a lot of us were calling for sort of all season long, um, and uh, and you know, with the addition of some additional uh, veteran midfielders. Um, I think we have the potential to see something like that again. It doesn't feel like we have that big body hold up player at forward anymore, unless we sign somebody, um, you know, over the next uh, few weeks, which we'll talk about here in a second. But we could see a completely different attacking style than what we've seen the past two years. And I think that could be interesting. Um, It's something to look forward to. So. So I think that's that's uh, that's our top 12 amongst the four of us, things that we're excited about and hopeful for. I still like the shout about stadium food. Like the, out of all of them, <laughs> that's the one that sticks. I'm thinking like nachos and like hot dogs, just like spot on, man. Um, so guys, let's, uh, let's quickly look at uh, the players. We have 18 players signed so far. I want to know what area of the field are you most excited about? And then we'll talk about where do you think that we absolutely need some depth and we need to sign some players? So um, for right now, the Hounds still have uh, listed as a forward, Russell Cicerone, Albert Dequa, Alex Dixon, Josh Gatt. Um, at uh, midfield, or uh, sorry, at defender, midfield we have Danny Griffin, Kenny Forbes, Louis Perez, which uh, for those who missed it, uh, Perez's former team, tweeted out a nice little video of him saying goodbye to the team and then getting Gatorade dunked, which was awesome. Uh, Anthony Velarde and Todd Wharton. So again, we added some experience there, a little bit more depth. At defense, we have Ezra Armstrong, Casey Bartlett-Scott, which was officially announced this week. We sort of called it last week. The Steel Army sort of dug that tweet out, but uh, the team sort of acknowledged like, you already knew, but now you know. Uh, So Ezra, Casey, Jordan Dover, Preston Kilwine, Danny Rivera, and Mikel Williams. Uh, And then at keeper, we got Jake Leaker, Chris Morrison, Danny Vidiello. So out of those four groupings, forwards, midfielders, defenders, keepers, Justin, which one are you feeling most confident about at this point? 
I mean, I I really like our strike. I really like our strikers. I know we had some arguments at the end of last season of of Dequa or you know, like whatever. But I I'm, forgot who I'm talking to here. I'm glad we kept Dequa. Um, so I mean, I, I I really like this. I mean, I think Dixon was, um, you know, I mean, Hartford was able to put together a season, but I think Dixon was um, part of it was just the team he was on rather than um, kind of the his talent, that sort of thing. I think Cicerone was, uh, you know, good in the St. Louis attack, you know, and, and Gad is just a really interesting name. You know, it's, can he put together a season? Can he stay healthy? Can he, um, you know, you know, it seems like he hasn't been able to return to what he used to be, but I I don't think he has to, to be successful in USL. Um, And then Dequa, I love Dequa. So I think I'm excited about that. I think we're going to be able to put some goals in the back of the net for sure this year. Based on that offense, do you think that we go with a two-striker front, or do you think Lily sticks with a, sort of a one? I I don't know. I mean, I think it's interesting because I think Gat, Cicerone can both play wide. So, I mean, I think we could play a little bit more of a... Like a 4-3-3? 4-3-3 or 4-2, like a 4-2-3-1, something like that. Um, so, I don't, you know, I don't know, but... I think we could we could easy, very easily see a four four two. Um so I don't you know, I don't know. We'll see. Kev, what do you what do you like in this roster? You like forwards, midfield, defense keepers. Uh, I mean, I think this isn't my answer, but I I need this like the obvious one I think is keepers, like because you know, we have the golden glove and two two, you know, two backup keepers. I mean, historically we've needed to use all three keepers in the past, so I mean, it's important that all three of them can play. Um, but, I mean, outside of, of Danny Vitiello, I don't know much about any of them. I mean, Jake Leaker looks massive, um, so that's always good for a keeper. <laughs> um, but, I, for, no, for me, like, I'm, I'm most excited, weirdly, about the midfielders because I think also, I mean, you said, like, most excited in the one you, that you think, like, needs more depth. I think the midfielders still need more depth. Um, I, I think we need to sign more players in the midfield, but... Weirdly, I'm most excited about them because I think I'm I'm so confident around Danny Griffin and and Kanara Forbes, and in my head, I don't know, I just, I have three midfielders kind of starting for us, um, because then you can get into weird things. Well, like, well, okay, if we play four midfielders, then maybe Rivera is kind of like a wing back and he counts as one or whatever. But I think if you have three solid midfielders, that's the most important thing. I know I can count on Danny Griffin. I know I can count on count on Kenny. Um, Velarde has always been kind of a wild card for me. I think there, there are some games he shows up and changes matches off the bench and scores. And, um, and then there are other games where I think he can go missing. And he always, always seems to be subbed off at like 65 or 70 minutes. Um, but I mean, Todd Wharton looks, you know, on paper, he looks like he could be a very solid, great starting midfielder for us. Um, so I think that the possibility of Velarde hitting a new ceiling and Wharton, I can't, I can't like put any expectations on Perez um, coming out of college. He could be a Griffin or a Mertz, but I, who knows? Um, so he can, he can be kind of a wild card situation there. But yeah, I think Griffin Forbes plus one, and that plus one either being Wharton or, or Velarde, I think is pretty exciting. Yeah, some depth there. That uh, I mean, we always. I mean, I don't think I don't know. I don't think it's that much depth. I mean, like one player goes down. It's a long season. Midfield in general, you know, you have to have the most legs for. And but I think I, when when you look at sort of last season, and you look at our midfield, 
I, I don't feel like we may have one, had one guy off the bench that we felt okay about. And I think this would be a scenario where maybe we have one or two that at least have some experience that we sort of know kind of what they are. I'm not saying we don't need more. I'm just saying you playing two midfielders. What are you doing? No, I'm playing one or two off the bench that are <laughs> great. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. we'll see. I just realized we're matching today too, Kev. Thanks. So we, we uh, yeah. brothers, Oof. brothers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Josh, what are you thinking? What do you What do you like about this team so far? Um, I'm excited for the forwards just because the fact that it's going to be it has to be different, and it's, it's going to be different what we've had in the past. We only have one returning uh, with Dikwa, so it's like, what is this going to look like? What are we going to be? Are we going to be scoring? A lot of goals is going to be more of a you know defensive-minded team that Lily always gets pinned as being, um, but I don't think it's necessarily true that we've seen in the past. But yeah, so I don't I don't know what our attack looks like really with these new players in because there's not that much known quantity in this team. Like we have, you know, uh, Dequa, we have Forbes, Velarde if he starts, like that that's it. You know, I, we don't know what it's going to look like. So as far as the attack goes, I'm kind of excited just to see what it is. I'm also scared. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited because it's going to be something different. Um, as far as where I'm feeling most comfortable, uh, other than goalkeeper, just because uh, Vidiello, but uh, defense, but that has nothing to do with who's on the team. It has to do with, I feel like Lily knows how to get those guys in the shape and like he knows how to build a good defense. So I'm not really worried about defense. I'm more like, yeah, it's going to be what it is, and he's going to take care of it. Uh, but yeah, so definitely the forwards. Yeah, and, and that sort of segues into, I was going to actually say that what I'm most, I don't want to say optimistic or hopeful, but what I'm, I'm most excited to see is the defense. Because we talked about you know the loss of Tommy V. Um, the loss of our other starting center backs means that this team is going to look completely different. But Josh, you're right. No matter what, Lily gets those guys into shape. So, you know, we know that Preston Kilwine did well in New York. Um, you know, we know that Mikel Williams has a history and has played well in the back. We know that Dover's coming back. So I think that we're gonna we're gonna see a good defensive unit. But I think so far a lot of the um a lot of the experience and a lot of the like flash, if you want to call it flash, that we've brought in has been in the midfield and forward. So um and, and some of that could just be because we know what we have sort of in Revere and Dover and there's your flash. You don't have, you don't get much flash out of your center backs unless, you know, they're giants that are going to score for you on set pieces. But, um, but yeah, I'm going to say that like I, I get, give Lily two six foot five college kids and I'd be like, yeah, fine. <laughs> like whatever. Like, you know, we'll, we'll sign Todd Pratzner in the middle of the season. And, be fine and, and like, and we'll be good. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm with Josh. I'm completely confident and whoever we put on defense. I mean, do you remember how much breath we wasted on like being worried about the defense last year? Like yeah. we're like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Uh, Greenspan's gone. Oh, like, this is going to be scary. Are we going to like just sieve go like goals are just going to be leaking in constantly? It's like, no, we are fine. <laughs> I, think, I think the big thing is like, for me, the narratives around their defenders have been so catchy over the past few seasons, you know, with, with, with all the great characters that we've had and kind of grown close to, in particularly as a, at, at the center back uh, position. 
um, to have those characters go and to now not really have anyone to have like a connection with immediately and, and the center back position in particular. I mean, I, I, I loved over, um, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's different than like a Toby or, or a Greenspan or something. You look at the history of players that, you know, this show has had a relationship between Toby and Hugh and uh, Joe and Tommy V. Like, there there were some personalities back there that had been around and, and sort of made a mark in the league. And so, um, to yeah, almost have a revolving door, other than, than Tommy V, having a revolving door with the other center backs last season is going to be interesting. So, definitely one to watch. Um, all right, real quick. You know, we, we're at 18 players. Lily tends to like 22, 23. What is the, uh, what's the next position that we sign? Is it going to be forward, midfield, defense? Probably not keeper because we only got three keepers. Justin, what do you think? I think the next position is probably going to be a midfielder. I think, but I don't, but I don't know. I think, I mean, I think part of it is we're waiting for, I think part of it is we're waiting for MLS camps a little bit, knowing that MLS season is going to start a month before or a couple, at least a couple weeks before we do, you know, I think there's a, there's a chance that they add a couple positions right at the same time. Like, I think we add one of those guys, this, not one of those specific guys, but one of those guys like a Toby or a, or a Hugh or Joe Greenspan, one of those guys who's, who has potentially been around MLS or been hanging on an MLS roster for several years, um, you know, it gets cut late. Um, you know, I think we potentially add one of those guys still, um, to this team, but I think we probably add a midfielder before then. Um, and then we'll, we'll, you know, um, we'll probably add a center back at some point. Yeah. Josh, when, uh, when the hounds, you know, go out on Twitter and tease that another player's coming, what are you betting? What position? Um, I was going to say midfield, but I actually think center back is probably just as likely because of Alex DeJohn uh, leaving uh, that whole situation here. We had a center back, but now we don't have a center back uh, that we just signed. So we know we're in a market for it because we were before. So probably a center back. Yeah. Kev, do you disagree? No, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think at the end of the day, I think we're going to probably sign at least one more player in every one of these tiers. Um I so was going to ask, do we think we're done it forward? No, no, no. I mean, I, I think we have the least amount of work to do in the forward position. Um, but I think we have more work to do in the midfield and defender. Um, but well, and one, and yeah, please don't sign a fourth goal, goalkeeper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're completely opposite than every other year where it's like, we only have two goalkeepers. Like, this is scary. <laughs> I signed four. You guys shut up now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, good. Well, guys, I think, you know, overall, I think just looking at this list before the show and talking through it, um, I'm feeling pretty good about the season. I know, you know, there, there are still some lingering questions. We sort of touched on those a little bit with the team and sort of how things get structured. But I think we've given everybody a lot of good reasons to be optimistic. Um, anything else that you guys want to discuss before we, uh, before we get out of here? We kind of glossed over it somewhat but like just being back in the stadium in general i feel like like forget you know like the little things about it just like just in general being able to watch a game with a group of people being in a crowd that sounds that sounds weird still like right now like i i hear the word crowd i'm kind of like knee-jerk reaction just being like oh i don't know about this but like 
when that stops being that reaction, that's going to be fantastic. So, yeah. And, and, and not just you being in that crowd, but being in a crowd of people that are all having that same reaction. Like exactly. The, yeah. the party is going to be a party for sure. I mean, when we score a goal and I get adult beverage splashed on me, I'm not going to be upset this time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, you mean like when the Hounds scored last year, you didn't have like Liz just like dumping adult yeah, beverage like, on you? you know, it's it's going to be fine. I'm going to be happy about it. <laughs> not annoyed at all. Yeah. I might be annoyed. I'm probably still going to be annoyed if I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> Awesome. Kev, can we uh, – I'm going to put you on the spot again. Is there any chance that uh, you make it up here for a game this year? Maybe. I don't know. I have a lot of traveling to do for it to catch up on from 2020 so i'd like to okay you, you, i'll take you, you hiking if you come to pittsburgh <laughs> that's all you're gonna get out of me that's that's the best you're gonna get out of me putting me on on, on the spot live uh, yeah. all right fine well thank you guys for uh i've getting... been on my honeymoon with my wife <laughs> <laughs> so honeymoon at the highmark stadium that sounds great she'll love it yeah take her to a game have some nachos that's right <laughs> Adult beverage spilled yeah. all over you. Yeah. What more could a, a newlywed ask for? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, thank you everybody who uh, joined us live um, and, and shared comments, um, and thank you to everybody who listened after the fact on the podcast. Uh, as we said, we're going to try to make this a live thing moving forward, and we're working with a team to try to get some coaches and players on here live so that you guys can listen in and share your reactions to their comments and questions. So if there's anybody in particular that you absolutely want us to talk about, let us know. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, uh, in the YouTube comments uh, here from uh, from the live show. We really appreciate it. Otherwise, um, yeah, I think that's it for this one. Make sure you head to mongols.com, click on support the show to become a Patreon follower. Immediately after this show, we're going to go do an after show that's only available to Patreon followers. And we tend to get completely off topic and talk about completely random stuff. Sometimes it's related to soccer, sometimes not, but it's almost always a lot of fun. So make sure you go check that out, mongols.com, click on support the show. We really appreciate it. Otherwise, weekly reminder, Black Lives Matter. Thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Looking for more great USL news? Head over to BGN.FM where we've got over 100 fans that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game. Lots of great features that went up on the site this week. Hugh Roberts just released another amazing backyard footy. you got to go check that out and support our guy. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.